Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. At last, the new arriving by Gabriele Calvo Coressi. Like the horn you played in Catholic school, the city will open its mouth and cry out. Don't worry about nothing. Don't mean no thing. It will leave you stunned as a fighter with his eyes swelled shut who's told he won the whole damn purse. It will feel better than any floor that's risen up to meet you. It will rise like Easter bread, golden and familiar in your grandmother's hands. She'll come back, heaven having been too far from home to hold her. Oh, it will be beautiful. Every girl will ask you to dance, and the boys won't kill you for it. Shake your head, dance until your bones clatter. What a prize you are. What a lucky sack of stars. Welcome to Cop on Podcast, you fruity dollop of homemade strawberry jam. My name's Owen and I want to thank you a jillion, bajillion, zillion times for allowing Cop on to Tickle your oracles either for the first time or once more. Just before we leap like enthusiastic clip springers down the perilous cliff face of this week's episode, may I simply remind you that you may block us or mute us on Twitter at Copon Podcast. You may send us your Trojan horses to coponpodcast at gmail.com or even support us via patreon.com forward slash coponpodcast. Thanks again, my fuzzy, fizzy love hearts. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Welcome, everybody. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted, overjoyed, um, dancing on the ceiling to be joined by Connor from uh, the Cop Council and Dave from Dave's LFC Chats. Connor, it's your first time on Cop On. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. And uh, tell us a little bit about, about you uh, and your, your YouTube channel, please. Well, thank you, Owen, for um, having me on on the Cop uh, on the Cop On podcast. Um, this is my first time on here. It's um, it's nice that you can actually, you know, um, communicate with other Liverpool fans wherever you are around the world. I think that's one of the nicest things, um, you know, on this platform. And yeah, um, I got my own YouTube channel. It's called The Cop Council. We do, you know, podcasts, um, reactions, transfer videos. And yeah, we're just um, having um, you know a chill atmosphere over on my channel, and just um, you know uh, getting all the latest LFC news uh, for the fans, really, because you know without the fans, without you know all of us, you know there wouldn't be Liverpool Football Club because there wouldn't be no one to interact with. So yeah, just um, 
if anyone wants to uh, you know go over to YouTube then that is it or also Twitter and uh, Instagram as well at the COP Council and yeah hopefully I'll see a few of you guys over there yeah it is fantastic stuff I have seen a few videos and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it it's, as you say it's, it's, it's lovely it covers all kinds of angles so do check it out listeners uh, Dave from Dave's LFC Chats welcome how's how's Dave's LFC Chats going Oh, good, on! Oh, good. I just did a video uploaded there with uh, Ross Chandley from Redman TV. I did it yesterday, and I just posted it today. Uh, we're chatting about the Project Restart and getting his angle on it. Being a Redman TV man, he knows a lot more stuff about everything than I do. But uh, just brilliant. I, I enjoy it. I like the one-on-one the one-on-one interviews and chats because I have a bit of gift for the gab, as you, as you probably know, a bit like yourself, actually. And... Um, it's it's great. It's a hobby for me. On it's all a bit Liverpool for me. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of crack. You meet people, talk to people, all around the world. And to be honest, that's what that's what it's all about for me. It is lovely to connect with people around the world. And thank you so much, guys, for for taking the time to be on Cop On today. We're gonna we're gonna kick into the agenda now. Um, and I just wanna um, I mean, I've read I've read it about. Uh, 23 times already, and I'm going to read it out to you uh, loudly um, because it just gets better every single time. Um, So the schedule for matches when the Premier League does come back, Monday, 8 o'clock, Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock and 8 o'clock, Friday, 8 o'clock, Saturday, 12.30, three o'clock, 5.30 and eight o'clock and Sunday, 12 o'clock, two o'clock, 4.30 and 7 p.m. Once we get going again, Connor, will you ever go out again? There there are matches every single freaking day. (laughs) It's, you know, it's glorious that football is back and I just cannot wait for Liverpool to be back in action. Of course, over the last couple of weeks, we've all had to adapt uh, to watching uh, Bundesliga football. And, you know, that has been okay, uh, you could say. But, of course, we all prefer watching the Mighty Reds uh, whenever they can possibly uh, be on. And, of course, now with the Premier League, you know, announcing you know, the dates and, you know, the times, as you just said, um, with, you know, when they could play, it's fantastic. Of course, you know, everything does have to be done safely. And, you know, when it is safe, now the Premier League and the government think that it is safe to do so. So that's good news. And also as well, you know, we're edging so much closer to number 19. And, you know, we've had to wait 30 years for the first league title in that amount of space and you know who cares if it's a couple of more months or weeks or whenever you know as long as liverpool are crowned premier league champions for 2019-20 i just do not care how we win it but you know i think i believe the first game back is um arsenal versus man city and then you know hopefully if arsenal can do a job there you know it's you know, just one game then for Liverpool to win against Everton. And then hopefully, uh, you know, Liverpool can be Premier League champions and we can look forward to seeing that uh, Jordan Henderson uh, shuffle. Oh, the Hendo shuffle. Um, staying with you, Connor, I mean, the fact that we've had to wait for so long 
uh, with this extra, I mean, of course, the pandemic situation, the COVID-19 that we're all in, um, will it make it a bit sweeter for you, Connor? the fact that we had to wait? Yeah, you could say that, to be fair. I think the, I think the, the cherry on top would just be towards the rival fans or, you know, the rival fans that wanted the league to be null and voided. Um, you know, and they didn't want Liverpool to win the league, um, you know, and that could have, you know, jeopardised their season towards, you know, European football, um, you know, money and things like this. But yeah, it would be, you know, even more sweeter, you know, just to annoy uh, those fans that don't like Liverpool or don't like the fact that we're going to be Premier League champions, because no matter what, no, we are going to be Premier League champions. I think... Um, Jamie Carragher said to Gary Neville, you know, I think Neville said, um, you know, Liverpool could lose all nine games. And Carragher said, you know, and they would still be champions. So, you know, Liverpool have built up such a commanding lead, um, you know, this season. And even if the league couldn't go ahead, you know, Liverpool, for me, deserved the league title. Uh, Would I prefer to win it? Of course I would, because then you wouldn't have the rival fans having anything to hold over us. But this season, Liverpool have been quite easily the best team in Europe. And, yeah, I think that Liverpool and the whole of Liverpool and outside Liverpool, you know, is going to be ecstatic when we do eventually be crowned uh, Premier League champions. Yes, it's a lovely answer, really lovely answer. Thank you very much, Connor. You mentioned the null and voiders there. Oh, the Everton fans, we'll get to some of their reaction uh, in a little bit. Uh, but Dave, it, it, it's uh, it's superb. What once felt like a pinhole of light at the end of the longest, darkest tunnel is now a glowing archway of the brightest delight. How are you feeling, Dave? Um Brilliant. I mean, we we heard it during the week. We knew it was going to happen sometime in June. I think 17th of June is a start date now. And as Connor just said, uh, it throws up a lovely game of Arsenal City. It's a possibility Arsenal could do them. I mean, it, you know, I, I think there's going to be a few weird results because of the fact it's just we're in such a weird time. I mean, you know, it's going to be unusual. There's going to be no fans there. It's going to be like a kickabout with your mates. I mean, it definitely will throw up results on Arsenal. You never know. Could actually beat City. And then we go into the weekend with the Merseyside Derby with a chance to win the league for 30 years. I was 17 the last time we lifted the title. And I remember it, but it's fading. It's so far away. 30 years that it's actually fading fast and now we've got new memories and the memory will be the Hendo shuffle as Connor said but I, I just can't wait it's been far too long to be honest with you pandemic or no pandemic nothing was going to stand in our way winning this league it's just 25 points clear it's ridiculous it's that we're breaking records we're record we're like Roy Castle's record breakers we're, we're unbelievable and we deserve it so much but I, as Connor and I'm sure you alluded to and myself that I want to win it on the pitch. I want to show the, the Premier League and the world how good this team really is. I don't want to win it being handed it. You know, you're going to win it anyway, 25 points clear. I want to win it mathematically. I want to actually break through the 100-point barrier. I think if we win all our games, we can get 109 points, which, of course, would be a record. But even to break the 100-point record would be Thierry unreal. And that's, I think, the big thing for Liverpool. Get the league out of the way. I mean, Everton and Palace are the next two games, two winnable games, no matter what City do. Then we win the league and then concentrate on possibly trying to break that 100-point barrier and become one of the greatest Premier League teams in history. Marvellous answer, yes. 
I was uh, I actually did a bit of mathematics. You know, I often get mathematics wrong. Not not the greatest mathematical mind, I'm afraid. But uh, I did check this one myself, uh, and it was a pretty simple sum. Um, over 38 games, uh, City got 100 points, and that works out to roughly 2.61 points per match. 2.61 points per match more or less um liverpool are on 82 points from 29 matches which works out as 2.83 which is phenomenal 2.83 points per match um our home record uh is is uh, 45 points out of 45 we've played 15 we've won 15 we've drawn none we've lost none um i'll repeat that we've won 15 drawn none lost none and then away uh, we've uh, we've uh, well we I mean we've done terribly we've played 14 and we've won 12 drawn one and lost one uh, the numbers are phenomenal and uh, you know you mentioned how quickly memory can fade dave but uh, you know from this season uh, to see these boys these record breakers back in action is is going to be absolutely phenomenal and, and this is the moment when premier league fans and animal semen collectors can both say i can feel it coming and it feels like such a relief uh, do you reckon we'll get over a hundred points connor uh, yeah, I think, you know, you've just said the stats, you know, quite clearly and the stats don't lie. Um, you know, Liverpool have been, like I, like I said earlier, you know, they've been quite easily, um, the sec, uh, the best team in Europe, sorry. And yeah, I think that for Manchester City, you know, they were, you know, all over, you know, the Centurions, um, you know, the whole situation with that, you know, they, that was what they were aiming for. Uh, that season that they had, you know, an amazing season. But, you know, if Liverpool were to come along and to break um, that, you know, within the space of, I believe, what, two seasons, you know, that would be absolutely superb. And the other thing as well is, you know, Jurgen Klopp and this Liverpool side, you know, they've progressed, um, you know, year after year after year. You know, uh, Klopp's first two years, you know, the aim was to get into the Champions League. Then we win the Champions League. Um, and now, you know, last season, unfortunately, we missed out on the league by a point. This year, we've smashed all expectations and we've smashed everyone's, you know, uh, persona of Liverpool. And, you know, I think Klopp has even gone on record by this and said this Liverpool team can get even better. You know, how on earth can you get even better from just losing one game? this season, you know, then it would be, you know, um, an unbeatable season, which, you know, I know many, um, you know, fans wanted that, you know, um, I think I've spoken to Dave on other, you know, um, platforms and that, and like we've said, you know, just get the league title done and then we'll look at it from there. So, you know, when we do finally win the league title, you know, then I'll look at, you know, 100 points and things like this. And, you know, if Liverpool could, like, the the golden, you know, target would be if Liverpool were to win the league, then get over 100 points, have the top goal scorer, have the top clean sheets in the league, and just prove why we are the best team in the world, why we are the best team in the league, and that every single team should be absolutely petrified of looking at Jurgen Klopp and the entirety of the Liverpool squad. 
I think they will be. I think they will be. And look at the condition of the players, Dave. Did you see it? Mo Salah with his top off, looking ripped, looking ripped like uh, like what I do when I receive my bank statements in anger. Uh, he's absolutely, uh, you know, he looks ready. Compare that to Kevin De Bruyne or as somebody, some some um very, very you know i like this tweet they they said kevin de brownie he looks like he's put on a bit of weight uh harry kane as well harry sugar kane uh it's uh you know we look like we're ready already generally um we're looking good have you been seeing the training videos dave I have indeed. I actually seen that uh, thing on Twitter of, of Salah with his, his six pack. It was like a nine pack, to be honest with you. It was <laughs> unusual. It was unusual. It was it really was. But the boys look fresh and ready. Listen, we we we've an objective. We know what we have to do. We we're going for the league for the first time in thirty years. It's not like we're coming back just to play out the season or maybe try to get into Europe or stop us from getting relegation or even mid-table games, you know, near the end of the season where you just play them out. You know, they don't really mean anything. We know what we got to do. We only need two wins to become legends, become legends forever. I mean, European champions going in. I mean, we, we know what we have to do. So the boys are ready to roll. They've been training at home, doing their videos, doing their yoga, doing all their stuff on Zoom. And they really do look... Hendo's another one looks really, really fit and ready to roll. Melwood looks pristine. Everybody's ready. We, As I say, we've our minds should only be on one thing, one thing only, getting this league wrapped up in as soon, as quick as time as possible, which means two wins or possibly even less. But all our minds are on us. We don't really care what City do. They're playing Arsenal, but, you know, I'm sure one eye will be on that game. But realistically, it's about Liverpool. We win the two games, we win the league. It's simple as that. The boys look fresh. They're ready to roll. And that Hendo shuffle, I'm telling you, I say he's been practising that a few times. Yeah, I want him to moonwalk this time. I want him to moonwalk. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't mind. Any any which way he, he lifts that above his head is just going to, it's just going to, I don't know, it gives me, gives me sort of joy bubbles coursing through my veins it turns my turns my blood into champagne it's absolutely um wonderfully wonderfully happy making stuff um we've uh, you know, a couple of things uh, that, that you know i read uh, yesterday uh someone was saying that uh, we we've been a little bit lucky um, in terms of we've scored 66 goals, that averages 2.28 per game, um, and we've conceded 21, which is 0.72 per game. So we've 466 against 21 so far. Our goal difference is 45. Our XG is uh, our XG for goals scored is 56, so 10 fewer than the actual amount, and our XG uh, against is 29.3, which is 8 more goals that we should have conceded uh, if you listen to xg um do you listen to xg connor or have we thoroughly deserved it because we've got the best attackers and the best goalkeeper um i think if you're looking at like stats and tactics then yeah i think xg um is a very good luck to actually look on a team um I think that I think down the bottom of the Premier League, I think it's I, I can't I can't remember. It's either Bournemouth or West Ham have like the worst in the league, which you know is not surprising. They're having terrible seasons, but you know for people to say that Liverpool have been you know lucky this season, you know it's just not true. Liverpool have deserved this Premier League uh, title. You know 
we had the best goalkeeper in the world. Um, you know, I do believe many people believe that um, All Black uh, from Atletico Madrid is, but for me personally, I think Alison Becker, you know, is just levels above everyone else. And then, of course, the front three. You know, there isn't a front three like this. It, it like reminds me of. It weirdly reminds me of Barcelona's um, front three in two thousand and eight nine, I believe, when they had. Um, Thierry Henry, uh, Samuel Eto'o and Lionel Messi, all three of them were the most deadliest on their day. And it's the same with Liverpool. You know, OK, Bobby Firmino has been a bit lacking in the goals, um, some people would say. I do think that, you know, people portray Bobby Firmino, you know, as not what he does for the team. You know, he's the person that, you know, gives the ball to... Uh, Sadio and um, Mo, but you know Liverpool this season. In any season, you do need a bit of luck. But the way that people have been betraying it, you know, they think that you know we've just shot from like fifty yards and like try to you know get it to stick, like throw in you know everything at the wall and hoping it sticks. But you know Liverpool this season have deserved the league title last season. You know, like I said earlier, you know we were unfortunate to miss it by a point. And, you know, this season now we've progressed and we've moved forward and we've tried to, you know, break the barrier and try and get that. And, you know, like Dave said, you know, it's only two wins away, two wins away from glory. And, you know, I'm just, it's just, you know, you look at this Liverpool team and it's hard realistically to see where on earth we improve. You know, I know there's the rumours with uh, a certain German international that I won't mention, but, you know, there's, you know, plenty of players around the world that could improve this Liverpool team. But, you know, how many of them do actually get into this starting eleven? Yeah, it, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if, if you think about the, the possibility of Timo Werner, I'm going to ask you your, your, your opinion on him in a bit. But at the moment, we're going to stick with the Premier League coming back. But I totally agree with you there, Connor. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, neutral grounds, Dave. Neutral grounds. There was a Premier League statement uh, and it says the Premier League's ambition is to complete all of our remaining fixtures this season, home and away, where possible. We are working with our clubs to ensure risks are assessed and minimised while cooperating with the police at a local and national level. Uh, discussions with the National Police Chiefs Council, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, oh, stop doing that, silly voice. And UK football policing units have been positive and are continuing. We are prepared for all outcomes and have a neutral venue contingency. So the Premier League does have a neutral venue contingency, or they they would prefer home and away matches. Dave, my question is very simple: Is it just a bad idea to play at neutral grounds, or is it insulting? Um, it's probably insulting. I know they've certain games, obviously the Liverpool Everton game, if Arsenal beat City on the 17th, and that means that we have to beat uh, Everton. Like, I think that's going to be switched to a neutral. It won't be a good thing to be in a, if switched to a neutral ground because I'm afraid of the fans congregating in Liverpool outside Goodison, outside Anfield, and you've got the coronavirus uh, problem, and I don't know. I, I just think it's probably a northerner thing. I've seen a few tweets about it. Like it seems to be all the northern games, so like the Newcastle, Liverpool, City, United, uh, all these teams. Um, I, I suppose health and safety comes 
first. Above all things, Owen, I mean, it really is. Health and safety is everything. And I presume that's what they're basing it on, health and safety and making sure everybody's safe, fans and, and, and players. And, you know, that's what it's about. It's, I wouldn't say it's probably about any other agenda other than that. But um, realistically, I mean, neutral ground or not, I mean, there'll be no one in the stadiums. There'll be no fans there anyway. Will, will it matter being in a neutral ground other than lifting it, lifting it at Anfield, you know, the cup? Will it really matter? I don't think it'll bother the players at all. Once the pitch is grand, once the pitch is lovely and set out, which it will be because there's been no football for three months. But uh, I, I don't really think too much about it. I just think it's health and safety grounds. That's the reason why why they're pushing forward with it. Yeah, health and safety. I tell you what, that I'm tired of that excuse. People are people are obsessed over it. In I find in Britain especially, it's a strange uh, it's a strange culture where people can just chuck out the health and safety line, and uh, it takes over all all sense. For me, it's insulting. It's insulting because, like, why would you go? You know, there's there's a match on. Let's imagine it's a uh, you know we we've got a chance to win the league. Uh, when you know when we play Man City, for example, are you really going to go outside the stadium while the match is on, where you've got no hope of watching the match and watching us win the league, just so that you might get a glimpse of the players, the what the players bus when they leave. You know, you may as well stay home, watch it on TV. And then you can go out to watch the bus after if you really want. But uh, even then, I don't think people would. I, I, I would give people more credit. But then maybe I'm being, you know, I'm being too uh, optimistic about human nature, given the the whole conga lines in in Wavertree or wherever that wherever it was, Warrington, I think it was the the conga line outside where people being a bit silly there. I don't know, Connor. What do you reckon? Neutral ground. Uh, to be fair, I'm I'm not a fan um, when they say uh, you know uh, games should be played at neutral venues. Um, I, like Dave said, um, you know I think it does come down to that health and safety thing, and you know I do agree with you, Owen. I do think that you know people can take that you know way too far, and I think that you know <laughs> at the end of the day, just stay inside, watch the game at home, like you said, and. At the end of the day, you know, I, th- I believe that the majority of fans will be responsible and, you know, stay at home. But then you will have the one or two, you know, idiots that will come out and, you know, just completely destroy what people are asking not for them not to do. So, yeah, in terms of that, but, you know, neutral venues, I'm just not for, I, th- I believe, you know, because I think they've said as well, maybe the game uh, with Liverpool and Crystal Palace will have to be played at a neutral venue because they... Uh, police fear that Liverpool uh, Liverpool fans could be, you know, outside the stadium, which, you know, I believe, um, you know, the city of Liverpool will be more responsible, um, you know, with that. But, of course, you know, uh, things can happen. But, you know, it's just, you know, st- stupid in, in a way because, you know, people, you know, I believe people do have common sense and hopefully they do stay by that. But, you know, if it was to be at uh, neutral venues, then who's to say then that those people won't go to the uh, neutral venues as well? So either way, they should just play, you know, you know, the games wherever they are. You know, either if it's at Anfield or St James's Park or wherever. You know, they should just have the game at the stadium, and then hopefully, then you know, 
there won't be any people outside, you know, interfering with, you know, security checks or anything like that, or just, you know, being a nuisance. But hopefully, you know, everyone just like, you know, stays uh, towards the guidelines and that. And hopefully, you know, everyone just stays safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's worth listening to the guidelines. And as you say, you know, trust your common sense or at least use your common sense and uh, yeah just stay at home watch it at home um of course the everton fans i did say i, I would get on to some of their reaction um there was uh, someone from uh ever who's called everton's toffee with no apostrophe after the everton everton's toffee 1878 uh managed to ha- turn the whole neutral stadium thing to into something else to whine about because he said not only do liverpool have var on their side they also have an advantage at the derby if it's played at a neutral stadium when it's our home game and uh, he's got a sort of unhappy face emoji on there Dave, they've managed to whine about uh, neutral stadiums, but Everton are the first game back. Looking at our form against them, uh, <coughs> away form at Goodison Park is uh, in the last six matches. Draw, draw, draw. Win, draw, draw. Um, what are you looking forward to most in that match when we come back? Um, I'm just looking forward to beating them, to be honest. I, I just we such a good record against them as you said, um they're clutching at straws now you know realistically it doesn't matter where we play Everton home away neutral ground we will still beat them they're they're not a great side really you know they're they're second second cousins to us really at the end of the day they're clutching at straws they just don't want Liverpool to win the league we, I mean we've been rubbing it in their noses for for years and European Cup last year such a great uh, only a point off the league this year running away with the league. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're clutching at straws drastically in hope. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter. To be honest, I don't even look at some of the Everton tweets, even the Manchester United ones. They're ridiculous. They're just making up stuff. They're, they're actually desperate at this stage, and um, they just don't want Liverpool to win it. OK, Goodison Park's never an easy place to play, especially in a derby game, but there'll be no fans there. Anyway, and it probably, it probably will be now on a neutral ground, but it doesn't make any difference to a team of our experience, confidence, mentality, joints, as we're called, it'll make absolutely no difference. We'll beat them. I, uh, there's no doubt about it. They're just, they're not a great side. I know when we come back, it'll be our first game. It'll be unusual. You will get a few funny results, as I said before, just because of the fact that it's so unusual. We've had a three-month break that it's possible that something unusual could happen and they might get something out of the game. But our minds will be focused. We're going for the league, surely. We, we can beat Everton uh, no matter where we played. But or, to be honest, oh, they're clutching at straws. They're, 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 you know, they're a poor side, Everton. And I wouldn't even, I take everything they say with a pinch of salt, to be honest. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, Carlo Magnifico, he might turn it round for them, you know. You know, they've been linked with some pretty good players. Um, he might turn it round for them, but they're, you know, they're still, uh, I mean, they're in a different dimension to us, aren't they, Connor? What are you most looking forward to in that match? Uh, to be fair, I think I would also be a bit better if I haven't won a trophy since 1995. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, you know, I'm really looking forward to the derby. You know, you always look for this whenever the fixture list come out. You know, you always look towards the games of Manchester United, Everton, and over the last couple of years, you do look at the games at Manchester City as well. And you need, like, this 
type of game to come back into football. You know, an absolute brutal derby. Um, do I believe Everton could get something out of the game? Of course. You know, the football is football. Anything can happen. But do I think they're going to? No. I think Liverpool are so focused um, right now on getting the league title done and dusted. Uh, you know, all through, you know, this lockdown, you know, even the Zoom calls and that, you know, you've seen they've been having a laugh. Uh, with one another but you know when it comes down to business you know Liverpool are you know on it straight away Jurgen Klopp is down to business straight away um, but going on to Everton a little bit yeah I do think Carlo Ancelotti can change them but I just feel like they could never challenge Liverpool um, in my personal opinion anyway I think that you know Liverpool are that much ahead of the rest you know even Manchester City, I feel like over the next couple of seasons are going to struggle to keep up with Liverpool, in my opinion. And yeah, I'm just really looking forward towards the Merseyside derby. Hopefully, you know, of course, you know, Everton, you know, they charge up then, you could say, um, when the fans start uh, going at Goodison. But like Dave said, there isn't going to be any fans. So, you know, if you look at both teams, you know, which is the best, then, you know, Liverpool are by far and away the, uh, the best team uh, in Liverpool. And it's a lovely feeling. It's a lovely feeling. Um, yeah, excellent stuff. So, I mean, you know, we, we, we will get more into uh, like a specific preview as the as we get closer to the, you know, the, that glory day of June the 20th when we can get to watch our mighty beautiful Reds again. How exciting. Um, I, do, I can't wait to see them in action again. Uh, the, the whole thing, the whole... The whole team is just a is just a wonder, an absolute wonder and joy to watch. Um, but so let's uh, let's let's talk about you know other things. Uh, Stevie G's fortieth birthday today. We're recording this on the Saturday, uh, and it's Stevie G's fortieth birthday. Um, Dave, think about our captain. Obviously, the, the the biggest highlights of obviously the Champions League final, and. Uh, the West Ham goal, the FA Cup final, and uh, you know his link up with Torres, his beautiful goals, his beautiful assists, all of that stuff. But in retrospect, I want to ask you about uh, you know a more general question about Stevie G. He opted to stay uh, at a time where he could have joined that all-conquering Chelsea team. Did that decision? Uh, you know, the fact that he sort of carried us, him and, uh, well, I don't know, I think that's a little bit overstated. I think there were, we had several other really good players as well, but he carried us, for, he did carry us for a long time. Um, Stevie G, had he gone to Chelsea, could Liverpool have sort of disappeared and slid away a little bit? In the in the eyes of the rest of the football world, was it was that decision to stay uh, crucial to keep Liverpool, you know, even though not at the top at that time, but near enough the top to attract the big players? What do you think? Yeah, a few things actually on Stevie G. Happy birthday, Stevie G! If you're listening, of course. Um, huge because of the fact we know. He's a proper scouser. He's a real, he's a Liverpool player. He was at Liverpool from a young age. I've seen a video of him earlier on Twitter where I think he was playing for schoolboy team and you could see then 
what a special player. I think he was only 11 or 12. He was on the pitch. He was raking 30-yard passes to people's feet and stuff. So he was naturally brilliant. I always remember uh, his debut. I think it was Aston Villa. I'm not sure at Anfield. And coming on with his, his, his number one haircut, coming onto the pitch, ready to roll. And I think he got a tackle in really, really early, which won over the Liverpool fans, the cop. Of course, is what you do. Get a quick and early, but if it was more than tackling, he had everything. Pace, power, was a big lad, you know, big, big, fairly big lad, tall lad. Great, unbelievable pa- uh, range of passing. And those goals he'd score, he wouldn't just score tap-ins, would he? He would score, <laughs> like, screamers. I mean, the FA Cup final against West Ham in 2006, as you said. He he basically won that cup, that cup for Liverpool. 2005, comeback Champions League, the header. And then just the, you know, the whole comeback. I mean, you could say he won that for us. He's been so influential. His link up with Torres, his link up with Suarez. I mean, you know, he, we've had some great players at Liverpool who've just telepathically linked up with him. And I mean, that chance when he had to go to Chelsea, I think he was pulled out at the last moment. I mean, to be honest, if he would have went to Chelsea, then it would have tarnished his reputation really badly. You know, Liverpool are all about loyalty. They're all about family type of thing. The club. And for a scouser to go to Chelsea, the, the plastics, the visa card boys, Chelsea down in London would have been, to be honest, it wouldn't have been a great move. I mean, Torres did it, didn't it? And he didn't really look back after it. It didn't work out for him. Um, so for, for a local lad like, you know, Stevie G, the legend, it just, it, just, it just gave him that legendary status at Liverpool, which not a, many, not a lot of players have. The likes of Kenny Dalglish has it, of course. But it gave him that legendary status. And he's very headstrong, Stevie G. So if he wants to do something, he will do it. But I think that was his best decision of his life, was to stay at Liverpool, not go to Chelsea, see out his career. And he's moved on now, of course, to uh, manager at Rangers. And so he's doing quite a good job there. There's also a chance that he could, could come back as Liverpool manager uh, someday in the future. Hopefully not too soon because we want Klopp there as long as possible. Maybe even with Pep Linders as a double a double act or something. You just don't know. But Stevie G is a legend. I actually did a tweet today saying happy birthday Stevie G. The legend continues was my tweet today. But uh, what a player and uh, what, what a captain he was for Liverpool. Brilliant. The legend continues. I love it. I love it. Connor, give us your thoughts on on Stevie G. Uh, you know, go wherever you like with it. Uh, yeah, like, first of all, happy birthday, Stevie G, if you are listening. But, yeah, Steven Gerrard, you know, what an absolute player. You know, he was the one player that made me fall in love uh, with Liverpool. You know, um, you know, I'm pretty on the young side, so, you know, he was the one player that made me become a Liverpool fan. Um, but yeah, he, for me, was, you know, the best, you know, people, you know, they talk about the conversation and the debate between him, Lampard and Skulls. For me, Steven Gerrard all day wins that debate. He, I know Frank Lampard plays, uh, well, he played phenomenally and got loads of goals and all, all that. But, you know, for me, Steven Gerrard was the all round machine. He, you know, he could pass, he could shoot, he could, you know, hit a 70 yard, you know, phenomenal pass and you know stevie g if he had gone to chelsea you know i I also agree with dave you know that would have tarnished his um his liverpool relationship but you know on a personal side with him now probably he might regret it in a sense with not winning as many trophies but i think you know playing out practically all of his career 
at Liverpool, you know, uh, Scouser, uh, born and bred, you know, he is the pinnacle of Liverpool. You know, he was captain, fantastic. You know, 2005 Champions League final, 2006 FA Cup final, you know, even in, you know, uh, when we did the treble in, I believe, uh, 2001, 2002, you know, he was, you know, him, Michael Owen and others, you know, they were, you know, you could see that there was going to be something special at Liverpool. And I do agree with the sense that Liverpool may have fallen down um, the peck in order if Gerard hadn't stayed because, you know, if you did look at the team, yes, we did have, you know, good players. You know, we had a good goalkeeper in Pepe Reina, you know, Carragher, Sammy Hippier and other players like that. But, you know, Gerard made Liverpool elite. And, you know, that partnership between him and Torres, you know, I remember that 2008-2009 season where we just missed out on the league, uh, I believe, by four points. And, you know, I think Gerard got PFA Player of the Year that year and he was just superb that year you know I believe he had somewhere around I think it was like 17 16 goals and the same amount of assists which was just like a crazy season for him and you know you knew when Gerard had you know the first like five minutes of a game you could tell that Gerard was up for a game and if he was up for a game then the other team they were in trouble and you know, I, I know that people, you know, other fans, you know, they always go back to, you know, what happened in 13-14. But, you know, Liverpool fans don't think of that with Stevie G. You know, they, they think of the good times and they think of the important goals, you know, you know the Champions League, the FA Cup. You know, and for me, Steven Gerrard is the best Liverpool player to ever play uh, for the club. And I think that is pretty much the same for others. And I do believe he was, um, you know, as you know, many people do say, he was captain fantastic. Terrific answer. Yeah, you covered a lot there. And I agree. I agree that had he gone, it would have, I think it would have, it would have damaged Liverpool as a whole club to be, you know, to, to, to leave Liverpool for your talisman to leave your your club to join Chelsea at the time might have put Chelsea on a higher pedestal than Liverpool in the eyes of so many uh, but uh, his I mean wow what a what a servant and you know since our last episode it, you know it's been the the anniversary the 15th anniversary of, of that uh, Istanbul final the miracle of Istanbul and I watched it again um, it was on LFC TV uh, the whole match, which I hadn't, I hadn't actually seen the whole match before uh, since, well, since the since then. And watching extra time when he went to right back, he actually dominated the game from right back. He was doing some absolutely terrific defending when uh, when we were against the Kosh, uh, trying to stop uh, Serginho, um, and he did. He, he was he was absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, you know, to go back in, into right-back and to be one of the best right-back, you know, performances in extra time when you've got cramp. You know, I honestly, I think that was one of the great uh, Liverpool performances ever. Um, and it's such a joy. Uh, it was always such a joy to have him on our team. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, some other stuff that's going on. Um, Timo Werner, we've we've talked about him quite a lot, Dave. I know, but uh, the latest on him is that um, you know it seems from various rumours that um, you know we have another couple of weeks to meet uh, the valuation of sixty million euros 
that Leipzig have put on Timo Werner. Should we splash the cash now? Because he is brilliant, there's no doubt about that. Or should we wait and see what the market does? No, I think we should splash the cash. I, I don't. We what we won't need much more. I think if we get Werner, uh, that'd be it for us. I, I just can't see. Obviously, it depends on who leaves. The likes of Lallana, Shakiri being linked with Newcastle and Lovren, of course, and players like that. But we have the youngsters coming up through Elliot, Curtis Jones, Neko Williams. I mean, we've the likes of Minamino and Nabikado who probably haven't kicked much of a football the last few months. They're like new players coming through. So, I think if we got Werner, he would complement the front three. So much. He's a clock player. We've talked about him loads of times. Timo Time Werner, as I call him. I, I watched him for Leipzig in some of the Bundesliga games as well. He got a hat-trick last weekend. But it's not only his finishing. It's what he does off the ball. He's pacey. He's intelligent. He, he's full of energy. He's everything you'd want uh, as a forward player. Uh, and he's a German international. He's got, he's got that intelligence. He obviously speaks German. Talking between him and Klopp being German, it would just be brilliant. Pep, you know, we, we've got the boys there. He would be a final piece in a jigsaw for me. We've been talking about him for, I think, over a season now. Surely, surely, this deal is done. 60 million is, is a snip. I know we're in pandemic times and times are different and people don't have the money streams that they would have had uh, just before the pandemic and stuff but we, we, we have 60 million there we can get rid of one or two players bring him in, we won't have to do much more, get him in, get him in early, I think it's been done behind the, the scenes to be honest with you, I think it's already more or less done, it's probably only going to be announced when the Bundesliga finishes something like that, I mean you can't say he signed for Liverpool and he's still playing for Leipzig and he's an outside chance of winning the league, the Bundesliga but the way they've played recently I don't think they will. I think I think Bayern will probably win it. But uh, yeah, he, uh, it's a no-brainer uh, on for me. Timo Werner to Liverpool is an absolute no-brainer. And if it doesn't go through, I think it would be a travesty. It just suits us so well. And uh, here's hoping. I I hundred percent agree with you there. A hundred percent agree. Um, what about you, Connor? Uh, I agree with Dave. You know, I've said on my channel loads of times. I do believe this transfer is done and dusted behind the scenes. Um, you know, of course, you know, the latest rumours saying that Liverpool have pulled out due to, you know, um, Leipzig not going down in their estimation and things like this. I believe it's just a tactic um, that Liverpool are using, you know, because the same wording is being used around, you know, similar to, you know, the transfers of, you know, Virgil van Dijk, Naby Keita, Alisson Becker, you know, this, the, the same thing is, has happened now with Timo Werner uh, like it did with those players that I've just mentioned. And, you know, I, I do believe that um, Timo Werner is going to be a Liverpool player come the end of, you know, whenever the season ends uh, and that around Europe. But, you know, to go on to Timo Werner himself, you know, um, Nagelsmann, you know, the RB Leipzig manager, you know, he has transformed Timo Werner into the complete striker you know before he joined the club you know i believe like Werner was just you know the kind of a goal poacher you know you just like hang on the last defender kind of like a jamie vardy then you could say you know uh hanging on the last defender and then just using his you know uh, immense pace 
to you know outrun and you know beat the defenders and then go on to score. But you know, ever since Nagelsmann has come into um, Leipzig, you know, he's made him into more, uh, uh, well, more of an inverted winger than you could say. And you know, Jurgen Klopp does look for those types of players. He does look for the versatility um, of a player. So you know, Werner could play anywhere at the front three. He could play you know left wing striker, even right wing. You know, gives um, you know change for the front three. You know, if Mo or you know, Bobby or Sadio, um, you know, are, you know, lacking in fitness, you know, the clock could rest them or clock could change system, you know, and go back to a four, two, three, one, and then have, you know, maybe, you know, you could have, you know, the returning Marco Gruwich in the middle with Fabinho and then have that uh, solidified and then having those front four then, you know, what a deadly uh, front four. We already have the deadly front three, but imagine adding Timo Werner to that um, equation. It would be, you know, absolutely brilliant. But yeah, I I believe Timo Werner is done. Um, I believe the... um, clause ends on june the 15th which is 52 million quid um so yeah it it is you know all about time and i do believe that michael edwards and liverpool are waiting for that clause to end and then they'll negotiate then to try and get him at around you know maybe 40 45 million as cheap as possible really i do uh, but yeah i do believe that uh, timo Werner uh, will become a liverpool player uh for sure well, I, I really hope so. I mean, you know, Mane, Salah, Firmino, Werner. That's just, whoa, wow. Wowzers. Um, in the Bundesliga, uh, you mentioned Grujic coming back. Um, yeah, interesting. I, 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 I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't bring him back, to be honest. I think he, he seems quite happy in Hertha. He's an all right player. But, uh, I, you know, Hendo is levels above him. So, you know, Hendo and Fabinho, uh, you know, m- you know, holding that midfield. Uh, and that means you've got Cater, Wijnaldum, Oxlade-Chamberlain, who will all be on the bench. I don't know how it would work. Uh, but, uh, you know, that front four is absolutely... Drool worthy, Dave. Um, has have you been watching the Bundesliga? Has anybody anything caught your eye from there or anybody? Yeah, I have been watching, of course, like most people. It's probably the only decent football on television at the moment. But uh, Kai Havertz, uh, Bayer Leverkusen's Kai Havertz has looked really good, hasn't he? He's another one that was on our radar uh, last year and has been on our radar, but I can't see us signing him. But he looks a really tidy player, Kai Havertz. Um, Imagine getting him. He cost a lot of money. But um, the thing about be just back as well, Timo Werner, obviously, I've been watching him in Leipzig uh, as well. Uh, imagine if in Leipzig, we have the fantastic front three. It would be the fantastic four. We'd be turning into, like, you know, comic book heroes if we got Werner. But, um, yeah, Kai Havertz has stood out for me. I, I watched him last weekend. and he got two goals. But it's all around plays. But he's a tidy tidy player really looks good but I don't know whether he's on Liverpool's radar I think Werner's the one but uh, to be honest that's it I mean a lot of Liverpool fans have become Leipzig fans just because of the fact that Timo Werner of course it's you know and I've seen some of even Leipzig's official tweets once they mention uh, Timo 
crowd he always got and Liverpool as if to say Liverpool fans will be on here Craig Havertz has done it as well actually I've seen Bayer Leverkusen tweets mentioning Liverpool so it's weird it really is weird just shows you how much our stature as a club worldwide has become when all the other clubs are looking at Liverpool and when they mention players that are linked linked with us but um, yeah definitely Kai Havertz looks 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 to be a real a real thing but uh, whether we're in for him or not I don't know but uh, it's just good to watch football and tell you just a bit, a bit of it is weird though as I say it is weird with no fans in the stadium and, and as I say atmosphere realistically atmosphere and fans you know make football what it is and it's going to be unusual but uh, it's a watch I think they're on again today I don't know what game is on today but uh, it's certainly worth a watch but Coy Havertz it stood out for me um, in recent games yeah, for me too. Uh, when when they first came back, I thought Julian Brandt was absolutely fantastic. But watching uh, Dortmund against Bayern, Bayern Munich, he was really. I thought he was really poor, and I think that's been uh, the rumours of you know his problem for years is that uh, you know he hasn't been consistent enough. But he's capable of absolute brilliance. But Kai Havertz seems to be consistently really good and have the incredible ceiling. So yeah, I agree with you, Dave. Again, you know. Um, Kai Havertz is uh, is the standout talent, along with Timo, uh, in that league. I mean, there are some other great players, though, aren't there? Has anything or anybody stood out for you, Connor? Uh, I, I agree with Dave. Uh, Kai Havertz has been, you know, absolutely brilliant um, in the in the return of the Bundesliga. Um, same as you, Owen. You know, Julian Brandt. Um, you know, he has been good, especially in the uh, Schalke game. You know, the first game back. You know, he was you know really really good. Um, the main person for me though um, has been Alfonso Davies for Bayern Munich. I think he's been absolutely superb. I think um, you know the Dortmund game. You know his pace. To catch back up with Haaland and you know prevent a goal you know that was absolutely superb and you know I do think that Andrew Robinson is the best left back in the world but if someone was to ask me who do you think is second then for me Alfonso Davies is definitely up there um, but yeah apart from that you know there hasn't really been th- that many like standout players so far you know there's only been like one or two and you know, when you do watch the Bundesliga games, they do look like pre-season games at the minute. Of course, you know, with games, you know, mounting up, they, they, you know, they will get back to match fitness, you know, pretty quickly. But, you know, it has looked, to me anyway, a bit like a pre-season game um, at times. But, yeah, I think that, you know, those three players that we've all mentioned, you know, I think they have been the standouts. But, you know, for me, I would put Alfonso Davies up there because to think as well, I believe that Arsenal and Manchester United, um, you know, rejected him. Um, I think it was like nearly two years ago, um, you know, is a sign of like, you know, how much they have fallen because, you know, Alfonso Davies right now, he is probably one of the, if not the best, youngest um, well, young uh, left back in world football right now. Oh, I, I had no idea that Arsenal and Man United turned him down. If that's true, that's hilarious. Because uh, yes, no good point. Yeah, Alfonso Davis, uh, Thomas Muller was comparing him to Road Runner. Meet me uh, the other day. Uh, absolutely superb. Um, I think that's pretty much all we got. We got time for, but um, yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you very much, Connor. It's been brilliant to have you on. On uh, for the first time, um, absolutely wonderful. Our, our listeners should check out Connor's YouTube channel. We'll put a link in the description, the podcast description, and also we'll give you a link to Dave's LFC chats if you don't know. 
um, or just look them up on YouTube. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very, very, very much. Uh, the Premier League is coming back. It's the, it's the great news that we've been waiting for in this troubled time. It's, uh, you know, it's more than a chink of light or a ray of hope. It's a whole, I don't know, it's, 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 it's the whole shining glory of it all. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Stay safe.